Welcome in. It's the BCJ Podcast on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brindle here with Justin Berg inside Bridgestone Arena as we get ready for the uh, media portion of our Saturday. And uh, Cincinnati getting set to take on Nevada tomorrow, 6:10 Eastern Time, 5:10 Central. Uh, I like the time. I mean, uh, not like uh, you know, 2:30 would have been great, but yeah. but I can live with six. It, it, it's definitely not the Florida State game from 2012 that started at 9:45 and got over after midnight. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take 6:10. Yeah, the players aren't waiting around all day and all night till the game happens, and and for us, we don't have to leave at three in the morning and drive back. On, I mean, we're going to be driving late at night, I'm sure. But yeah, this is this is incredible to be in here in the uh, media center here. There's uh, the media workspace. I've been doing some stuff, with some Nevada prep. Um, so I, no I, lunch, no lunch served though. The NCAA is going to make 890 million dollars this month on the NCAA tournament. And they can't serve us lunch when they make us come in and do media session <laughs> on the day off. I, I I think that's crap. Yeah. Well, there's trail mix and pretzels. The trail mix is pretty good. I'm kind of enjoying that now as we're uh, recording the podcast. But I, I, w- I want to get your 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 take on this because this is what people don't like. People talk about like why can't U.S. Bank host an NCAA tournament? This. Yeah. What we're looking at the media center uh, is why yeah. they they do not have the ability to do this. Right under the bowels of U.S. Bank Arena. to Talk them through it. Tell, tell the people what this whole setup is here. Very big open space here. There's curtains blocking off the media or the area where the podium is and all the chairs and everything. Then there's a big wide space with, what, maybe 10 long tables. You could probably fit 20 people at a table, at least maybe 30. So, I mean, they could fit 300 people in here comfortably doing their work at here at Bridgestone Arena. I imagine that you're alluding to that... Uh, can't do that at U.S. Bank. There's just nowhere to put a space like this. Yeah. They don't. It's not designed properly. There's a couple small little spaces where you could maybe fit, like where we're sitting now. Um, but in terms of, you know, there's a, a an area behind us that's the the dining area. There's the interview area. On the other side of that is like the TV production area. Oh, right. Where they've got, you know, all the all the feeds and everything. You just couldn't, it, it, there's no way you could host it. Yeah, you can uh, almost put a basketball court back here. Yeah. No, I mean, this actually is about the size, I'd say about the size of the practice gym. Yeah, like, that's true, yeah. When you count the, the, the dining area and this, this whole, you know, space here, I would say this is about the size of UC's practice gym. Right. If not, maybe a little bigger. Um, all right. Well, that's your uh, look inside <coughs> the goings on. So let's let's talk about your experience watching yesterday's game, and then we'll we'll talk about mine because you were actually at the game. What you're in the second row, uh-huh. courtside. That's where our seats are, yeah. And and right in front Across of all the, from Georgia State's bench. Oh, so you're but you're right by all the Georgia State fans. Yeah, the worst. The worst. The guy the guy directly behind me was call it both way guys. <laughs> so every time there's a whistle on Georgia State, call it both ways. <laughs> and it was like Georgia State fouls six, Cincinnati fouls like seven or like it was yeah. even. Yeah. Call it both ways. Like they're, they're calling it both ways. <laughs> and then like one row back and three seats down from him was three seconds guy. No. And call it both way guys and three seconds guy are, are both horrible human beings <laughs> there was once Kyle wasn't even Ky- Gary was on the weak side two feet from the lane 
and Kyle was standing just outside the lane on the block. Three seconds! Like, you have to be in the paint <laughs> before they can start counting for three seconds. Yeah. Three seconds! Like, uh, that... Why, why, why are you even here, if that's your knowledge of basketball? <laughs> like, what are you doing? That's, you picked that up when you were, like, 14, and that, that's all you've ever learned? <laughs> to go to a basketball game and just yell three seconds? Because, you know, that's not like – it wasn't just today. Right. He didn't pick that up today. No, he does He's that. been at Georgia State games all year yelling three seconds when there's nobody in the lane. Right. Oh, my God. That was brutal. What? It was brutal. What but I, I did get to yeah. see RJ, so that was cool. Okay. Um, RJ was here. It was He played last night. He's in the in the, the G League now. Um, but surprised everybody and came up, RJ being RJ Hunter, Ron Hunter's son. Yeah. Um, I've known RJ for a long time. Great kid. Great relationship with RJ. Uh, probably, if I had to pick my favorite kid, like the kid I've gotten to know the most and like enjoyed talking to the most over the years, it would be RJ. Hmm. Of the kids that didn't come to Cincinnati, obviously the ones that come here, you get to know them better, and like the relationship becomes different once they get here. Uh, the kids that didn't pick Cincinnati, I'd say RJ was probably my favorite. I love that kid, so it was good to see him. What I want to know is because this is what I'm concerned about: how do you control your emotions when the, the game's getting dicey? Like when Georgia State makes that run to take a one-point lead midway through the second half, when it looked like UC was just getting ready to extend and get some separation. I'm a veteran. That's right. You are a veteran. <laughs> I, I keep my emotions in check pretty good. Now, I, I um, because you weren't here, there was nobody in your seat next to me. Yeah. And then the seat on the other side of me was also empty. So, you you know, a little under your breath stuff. Yeah. You know, you can kind of mm-hmm. get away with. Um but I, I mean, you obviously can't like jump and scream, but you, you can get away with uh, you know talking to the team like 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 we're prone to do. Now it'll be different for 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 tomorrow because you and I will be there, so we'll have each other to kind of like bounce. Yeah, I've, it's funny I've watched because the angle at NKU you can see the two of us on the other side of the stanchion. Yeah, and watching you and I, you and I just like react back and forth and talk about the game. It's always it always cracks me up because that's kind of how we uh we keep each other in check so that'll be about the same i I don't anticipate it too much different now the difference being this is a tournament game and you're going to be a mess well that's what i'm worried about but i'm going to have to just use everything that i can to stay relaxed which i've used the reggae in my ears before Um, i'm going to take a ton of deep breaths I'm going to try to come in and just have full 100% confidence that no matter what happens, it's going to be a good result for Cincinnati. You're going to write Grandma Ruthie's line down? Yeah, Grandma Ruthie. Yeah, they're going to do the best they can. Yeah. And UC has Gary Clark. So just all those types of things to calm myself down. But Have you tried Xanax? I'm not going to use Xanax. Okay. I, I go natural. I don't, I'm not going to mess <laughs> with that, the pills and stuff. But <clears throat> what I was doing was just kind of like the Wichita State game. I was at my house, just me. But this time, what I did, instead of yelling and getting, going crazy, was I told myself I would do 10 push-ups for every, every point Georgia State scored. So early in the game, it was, it was getting a little rough. But it was tiring me out to the point where I wasn't able to just get crazy and be yelling and flying off the handle left and right. 10 push-ups for every point? Yeah. Like as the game is going on? Yeah. So every time they scored a basket? Either 20 or 30, yeah. Wow. But luckily, but what happened was they got me in early on when they scored those first 16, but then they only scored 14 in the next 13 minutes. Thanks to UC's defense, they got me a little rest. That's still 300 push-ups. Yeah, it's okay. You did that for the whole game? No, because no, I, I left towards the end, but I did it for most of the game. And so I had to, 
as I said on the podcast the other day, I was. So you're was, yoked for that. Yeah, I'm feeling good. But I was, I was, I was praying that UC would have enough separation when I had to leave for the doctor's office that it would be a comfortable drive. I wouldn't be freak, freaking out. And it was a 12-point spread with 3.40 to go or whatever, so I was... Okay, so you can't do that tomorrow? No, I'm not going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to do push-ups? I, don't, I couldn't do it. Two days later, I'm not going to do them anyway. <laughs> I, need, I need that recovery time. But yeah, yeah I, like getting on the media table and doing push-ups <laughs> for every basket is, is probably... No. That might get picked up on, on national TV. <laughs> it probably would. What is this lunatic doing? <laughs> yeah, oh. but, but fortunately... Um, it, it, like I said, the separation was there. I got to go to the doctor. Everything was good with the baby and all that stuff. So it was, but I had to keep a straight face because my doctor was taping the game and I couldn't let so on. He, yeah. he said, "Don't tell me." Right when I saw him, and I, I think he could probably sense that since I wasn't bummed oh, out. Oh, you yeah, you would have been a basket case <laughs> so, if it was bad. I think he, I think he got to sense that they did okay. So Nevada. Yeah. Um. We're good. They're, they're interesting. Top 10 in defense, or top 10 in offense. Um, what, and you just told me this, I wasn't aware. What maybe scares me more than anything, number one in the country in lowest turnover percentage. Right. So you're not going to get a lot of runouts on them. You're not going to get a lot of uh, uh, turnovers for touchdowns um, against them. Now, their point guard is out with the torn Achilles. So that's. Lindsey Drew. Yeah, that's changed them a little. Um, and that he was a little bit more of a shiftier guy. He was still six four, but everybody now they're they're all six seven. The entire team. Um, they've got they they're very good shooting the basketball. Can be a little streaky. Um, they don't have that guy that really can break you down off the bounce. What they do have are guys that are good straight line drivers. Um, they can get to the rim. If you put them on the free throw line, you're going to have a very long day. Um, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see the way Mick decides to play this team. Is the focus to run them off the line and not let them get hot from three? Is the focus to keep them out of the lane? Now, um, what what bodes well for Cincinnati? They're not a, a, a great defensive team. They're not Nevada's a great, not. Nevada's not. They're not a great, a great defensive team. They're not a great rebounding team. So those things should be in Cincinnati's favor, but anytime, as Texas found out, anytime you play a top 10 offense, it only takes, because, I mean, we were communicating a little bit, yeah. and it was like, oh, Texas has got this, they're up 12, and it was like, nah, man. It was five, quick. It was down to we, five, it really, I, on the phone call yeah, with you. Like, within a blink of an eye. Like, like, by the way, it's five now. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's what they can do, and that... That makes you a bit uncomfortable because you can work really hard to build that. And for Cincinnati, most of the time when they when they work to build a lead, it's it's a grind. It's it's methodical. They grind you into dust. But if you build a 12-point lead and they erase it to four in you know 90 seconds, yeah, that's kind of demoralizing. And that's the type of team that they are. You just you're gonna have to wear them down and hope that six guys playing the second game in three days overtime very uh they had to expend a lot of energy to get back in that game and and get the win over texas so you hope you can use that stuff in your favor yeah and and just something else to worry you you saw the comeback against texas they were down 13 in the second half last year they were down 25 to new mexico in the second half and came back and won 
so they like you said they, they can spurt really fast and and just Ooh. catch you off guard and and 12 year old me thought that was funny yeah, I, I was i was like how do i finish that after i said spurt <laughs> but the concern, of course, is on the offensive end, and that is the dilemma. But really, the, the key is all the prep work that Larry Davis and the staff does in the offseason working on closeouts. They do it almost every practice. They work on closing out to shooters and stuff under control with the hand high, keeping your hand in passing lanes. Just like you can't let the guy drive by you. Right. Um, because, again, you don't want to give up layups and free throws to a team that can already shoot threes well. Because then you have to play off of them. Then they can they, they start seeing the ball go in the baskets, things like that. So it is it, it's it's just gonna it, this is gonna really really test Cincinnati's defense and really mostly it's individual defense more so than it's team defense. Although Eric Musselman, NBA mind, he runs a lot of stuff to get his guys where they are in space and have a chance to make a play. And you'll see it a lot with with the the um, the Twins. Martin the Martin twins. Um, and then Kendall Stevens is more of a shooter, but he's so good at reading reading the defense, using screens to get open. And then if you are not under control when you like go for a fake or close out, whatever, he can just relocate with one dribble, and he gets it up so quick you can't do anything about it. And he's at, he's a 44% three-point shooter. So Kendall Stevens would be the guy number 21 <laughs> who would potentially be the most frightening guy that they have. Yeah, from the um, perimeter. The, the interesting thing for me is going to be pressing or not pressing. Mm. I don't press them no, personally. No, I want to be back. I want to be set. Yeah. I want my rotations to be solid. I don't want to be scrambling back from the two-two-one to get adjusted into the twenty-five into the the, uh, the matchup zone. I want to be back and set as they're coming up, coming at me. Yeah. So I can can know the communication is set. You know. Yeah, similar to what happened at Wichita State when you, the coaching staff decided to pull the press off and Wichita had to just go up against the 5-on-5 five five all day. And eventually they got worn down and they just couldn't get easy stuff. This team will also run back on they, – they're like an NBA team. Like if you've ever watched – I think I said this last time, but like J.R. Smith at the beginning of the game, how he just chucks. And they, everyone runs back on defense as soon as he shoots it. This is what this team does. So you're – you see getting anything in transition is going to be very difficult. Now, it's advantageous for the defensive rebounding side of things. They don't crash the glass at all. That's what I'm saying. I mean, they just – one guy is basically making a play in space. The other guys are watching him. And then as soon as the ball is in the air for the shot, they run back on defense. So you you probably will have, if UC doesn't press, just a back-and-forth grinding low-possession game, which against a team this explosive, I mean, I think that's – that's what you got to do, right? You don't want to get into. You don't want to give them any kind of rhythm and space. No, what you don't want to give them is, you know that. And they talked about this uh, when they Mick has talked about this when looking back to the UCLA game. This is another one of those teams that they can hit three threes in a row. Yeah. In a minute fifteen, and you know all of a sudden uh, a two point game is eleven. Right. Or uh, you know a two point lead is now seven points the other way. Um, and that, you know, if you remember, that was Lonzo Ball. They don't have Lonzo Ball, obviously. Yeah, I mean that, but that was Lonzo Ball creating tempo right. with his passing and then creating open looks and then bang, 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 and the game changed. Yeah. And I think you do want to keep this thing at a reasonable tempo and not let them get that confidence. The, the thing that's encouraging, um, especially over the past three weeks, 
the second half adjustments from this team, Justin, have been yeah. off the charts. Yeah. And I superb. Some of that is coaching, and, and we talked about this. Some of others, some of that is coaching. Some of it is this is a vet, the, the benefits of a veteran team, right? As they can take that coaching and and know how to apply it and yeah. know how to communicate and make what the coaches are seeing happen on the floor because they're averaging teams are averaging what 18 18 20 it's right around 20 points a game in the second half over the past like three weeks yeah it's true and it's it's pretty ironic that they're playing a team that's similar to ucla this year in the second round a team that can light you up real quick and and they they have a lot of gifted scores with size now again they don't have alonzo ball they also don't have a seven footer and or actually well Basically, what what did UCLA have? Four, six, ten plus guys they could shuffle in and out. They're a little more like UCLA this year without Welsh. Yeah, but Nevada can't do that. So I always talk about the most the teams I'm most worried about when Cincinnati goes up against them. They have um, they they have the four boxes. So you've got uh, low turnovers, you've got a, a prolific offense, and you have big guys that can bother Gary and Kyle and keep them off their spots, and then a team that's an incredible defensive rebounding team like Wichita State and Xavier check those boxes. This team checks the offensive two, but they don't have the big guys up front. So they check two out of four boxes. So over the course of 40 minutes, you'd think, as long as they don't just shoot like incredibly for the entire 40 minutes, that eventually Cincinnati should find a way towards the end to get a little separation. Yeah, now this could be one. They're coming in. They finished the previous game hot, Nevada. I don't think they missed a shot in overtime. It was seven for seven, eight for eight, something along those lines. They were hot on that comeback. They were hot on the comeback. They were hot in overtime. That usually can translate into the following game. Because, you know, at least at the start, you're fresh. Your memories are good of of what you just did two days ago. Yeah. UC is going to have to, I think, put some points on the board early. You can't – if you start 0 for 8 – like you did against Georgia yeah, State, you're, you're going to be trouble. Yeah. yeah. So they need to offensively be in a rhythm early because I think there's going to be a wave initially from Nevada they're going to have to deal with. Yeah, I don't – I just <coughs> – somehow, regardless of – I know Nevada, they play kind of like a – it's not a pack line, but they don't gamble a lot and they just use their length to switch everything. They're all 6'7". But so it, what they – they give you a lot of open looks from outside. They kind of just want you to, but but they're not. They're so they only have six players, so they don't want to foul. So Cincinnati has to attack the rim and put pressure on them and say either foul us or we're just going to score. And and that's how you stay afloat when this team probably comes out and makes their first eight threes. If you'd have to guess, that might be stretching it. Okay, six or seven. <laughs> I mean, like whatever Demarcus Simons did yesterday could be nothing compared to what Kendall Stevens does. God, Kendall Stevens. Oh, my God. DeMarcus Simons was really good. He's tough. Yeah, when you saw him in person, I mean, it was pretty yeah, impressive. Just, yeah, just good control, good body control. His confidence was off the charts. That was hit, like, you know, his chance to, on a national stage, prove he's a big-time player. Yeah. Um, he made a mistake. <laughs> you, uh, you light up the... Cincinnati defense, peanut stuck. <laughs> you light up the Cincinnati defense for 16 points in the first 10 minutes or so. You do not yell at them. You can't guard me. <laughs> that is a critical error on your part. They can guard you, and now they are going to guard you. <laughs> what did he finish with? 
I, I didn't even low twenties. Okay, I mean, yeah, he only had yeah a few buckets the rest of the way, like late jumper, maybe yeah. a layup at the end of the first half. Yeah, but he, he went cold from three. Right. They took away the perimeter game. Now, and, and that's not his game anyway. No. Now, now, the similarities between him and his it's Cody Martin that plays point, right? And Caleb was is yeah. more of the wing guy. So yeah. Cody is I think number eleven. Not a lot of similarities really. But 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 he's but he. That guy brings it up a lot of the time in orchestrates, but yeah, he, they, he doesn't attack the rim. Yeah, out. but he doesn't. Kayla, or Cody Martin, who is kind of the primary ball handler for this team, although they all just kind of do it. It's like a position. It, this is the definition of positionless, but he's well, not a, all. He's not a guy who's like looking to just get his all day and attack like like a no, Marcus well, Simons. But Simons, is, Simons can take you off the bounce and just flat beat you. Yeah, and he did that a couple times. Yeah. yesterday, where he got he got his shoulders to the rim. And there was nothing the Cincinnati defense could do. That's right. not the Martin twins, either no. one of them. I don't, whichever one, Cody, yeah. Caleb, whatever. Um, so no, I mean I, I don't think they're too similar in that that regard. Um, you just it's 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 kind of like SMU last year because they were all six 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 seven. Yeah. They could hit the three. Yeah. But that SMU team was really tough. Yeah, they really were. That, that was a hell of a rebounding team. That is not Nevada, but offensively, it's offensively the, it's they're the same similar. kind of concerns, and it's similar to even the game this year when SMU came to BB&T and they kept Shake from really, really kept them all from getting that dribble penetration and kick out type of stuff. But this team runs some interesting stuff on the perimeter, weave stuff like little like rescreening, just all kinds of. I mean, Eric Musselman was in the NBA for 15 yeah, it's, years. It's all, he was a head coach. He was a head coach with Golden State for two years, Sacramento for parts of a year. Um, one other little nugget that that Chad shared with me um, maybe a half hour ago was that Jordan Caroline, number 24. Ducey was on him. Yeah, and it was you know. I think at the time, it really, not that they thought he wasn't a good player, but I just don't think they thought they felt the fit was right at the time for yeah. some other guys that they were involved with. Um, so he ended up at Nevada, which you know, yeah, it happens. I mean, he's probably not going to hold a grudge. Not, no, not that, that it no. matters if he is. Well, anyway. and, and part of it too was he sat out last year, right? No, two years ago. Two years ago, he was Southern Illinois, right? I think this is his second year playing in a row with Nevada because he had that like big he had like that Cumberland okay well hair they last got year. Kyle oh yeah they got Kyle instead okay so yeah couldn't get them both right yeah. I, you're not gonna have two guys yeah at the same position basically right. sitting out yeah um so it's not it's not a big deal it's just I I didn't know that but that's that's, that's a BC that's a BCJ that was a year they were looking for yeah a scoring a scoring big yeah. and it happened to be Kyle right. well and Caroline if you remember. Achoo. This has got to be a this record. Cold is killing record me, man. for sneezes and coughs. And it just won't go away. And I and I think then you switch like where I'm at. Oh yeah. Achoo. Um Bless you, buddy. Kyle took forever. Oh. To decide, Kyle's yeah. yeah. Kyle's process was drawn out really long. Okay. So you know a yeah. lot of guys wanted to decide. Yeah. And they waited on Kyle because Mick was, you know, Mick was set on Kyle's the guy that we need. Okay. In terms of getting that off more offensive-minded, more right. talented big. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it would, 
but it would be nice to have Jordan Caroline yeah. as kind of that third big in the rotation. Jordan Caroline's a hell of a player. He's very impressive. Yeah. He's not he's not a great three point shooter percentage wise, but he can stick them. He's got a he's got an NBA type of release from three. He, he downhill seven free throw attempts a game. He nine rebounds a yeah. game. He's he's tough. He's a good player. He's he would, he's he, their toughest player. Yeah, by far. He would have fit here. Yeah. So um, unfortunately that he's he's on the opponent tomorrow. Yeah. So. Yeah, right, so well, I think that's the that's the scouting report on Nevada, and you'll uh, have uh, you'll have an article up. Yep, we'll have the, uh, the full scouting report in We're detail. Getting, getting ready to uh, storm into the locker room and get some player interviews and <coughs> talk to Mick. Yep. <coughs> so plenty of content coming now that now that my man Berg has joined me down here in Nashville. So stay tuned to Bearcat Journal uh, throughout today, throughout Sunday. I'm sure uh, Monday we'll have plenty as well. We will have a. Uh, Hopefully we'll have a celebratory one on the way back. Well, yeah. Uh, if you're uh, if you're if you're keep well, you know this actually will be good because it won't be terribly late. I would look for a periscope. Oh, okay. <coughs> Where Berg and I will be live from the road. <coughs> He'll be driving because it's going to be his car. No, I think you're going to be driving because you're the one who needs a ride. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, but either way, uh, probably from my Twitter account, we'll do a Periscope while we're on the road back to Cincinnati. Uh, hopefully in a very good mood. Yeah. So that's going to wrap it up. He's Justin Berg. I'm Chad Brindle. It's the BCJ Podcast on BearcatJournal.com.